Hello and welcome to We're Listening, the podcast all about Frasier. I'm Will. And I'm Steve. And this week we are looking at Season 5, Episode 4, The Kid, in which Roz comes to terms with her life-changing news. Now, Steve, in this episode, Martin gets a new pair of pants. We learn, I want to know, when was the last time you got a new pair of pants? By which I mean the US term, a pair of trousers slash jeans. Do you know what? Not too long ago, I did buy a new pair of Levi's. Mm. uh, I'm going to go within the last six months. Levi's last a long time. I I don't buy jeans very often, if I'm honest. Um, Yeah, I think it was probably about six, seven months ago. Decent Mm. pair as well. Talk me through your your kind of pant rotation. You know, you're someone who will wear a pair of jeans for a week. Then, Then when they're in the wash... Is there a backup pair that you like slightly less than the pair that you had on previously? There's not. There's not. I have about possibly two pairs of blue Levi jeans. Really? And I do have a pair of sort of, I'd say, a cream or beige trousers and a burgundy pair of trousers, which I have probably on rotate between those four. So Nice, nice. <laughs> I'm in a similar position. I've got a pair of, I think I've got a pair of black and blue Levi's. Depending on the mood, I'll you know switch it to blue, a little bit more casual, black. Maybe if I'm popping to the pub or something. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I, but I have a few pairs of blue jeans, and only one of them is Levi's. And I'm not even sure if that those are my favourites, but they're all slightly different shades. Like how, if if, if we're going to describe on a spectrum now, one to ten, one is so white it's almost blue. <laughs> so uh, so basically, <laughs> very light blue, and then ten is like you know. I'm trying to think of something that's really blue in Frasier. Um, the bottles of those bottles of uh, posh sparkling water he gets out. Right. Of um, where do you like your? I'm probably jeans bang in the middle of that. I reckon I'm a five. You're a five. I think. Yeah. I think I'm probably a four or a five. I don't like the stonewash thing, but I, when they get into like, the bluey blacks, puts me off. Yeah, too too indigo is too much for me, and too white Sorry. is definitely too white. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't wear white jeans after Labor Day. Or <laughs> <laughs> a white bird. <laughs> oh, I just heard. Let's, listeners, please let us know um, about your your jean preferences. Um, are you as excited as Martin is when you when you get a new pair of pants? We've just got to know. Um, let's head over to trivia corner, shall we? Took ourselves in, yeah. Stephen. Let's get in there. Excellent. So we have been sent the usual batch by uh, Corey and Hammy, and their company of trivia masters so i'm going to start with hamish for you this week steve question one if i can find it here it is (laughs) Uh, scrolling we've got a lot of listener mail this week so scrolling quite a bit um there is a shirt hanging oh keeping it clothing themed there is a shirt hanging in ros's apartment what number is on it from what sports team is it from and from what sport do you know what? I can even tell you the player's name because I actually looked this up. No uh, way. Yeah, because I don't know why. I, I noticed it. Uh, it's number 11. It's the Seattle Sonics. It is. And uh, it's obviously basketball. Um, the reason I looked it up was because I wanted to know who the player was out of pure curiosity. And it's Detlef Schrempf, who was a German uh, basketball player. And he was actually the all-star game that year in 1997. So I did wonder if that was a connection to them celebrating that... He was a very good player at the time. But I actually asked John Beale just before we came on, can he remember what episodes you see? I think it's that actual jersey in Roz's booth over the back of her um, seat. Because there's a couple that you see a jersey, and I want to know if it was the same one. 
And uh, he came back saying he can't remember off the top of his head which episodes it in, so I've got no more information on <laughs> if that. If John can't remember, then no one can. Yeah. Um, but, but no, that's... I didn't spot that. So that's, that's a very good question. But unfortunately, yeah, a very I had good looked answer. around the uh, apartment and noticed it. <laughs> that was a great answer, Steve. I mean, Detlef Shrimp for sitcom fans will recognise him from... Um, there's an episode of Parks and Recreation where um, Tom and John Ralphio, when they start their entrepreneur, entrepreneur business, Entertainment 720, um, they basically have massive overheads because they get this huge warehouse where it's like a party in there 24-7, and they hire Detlef Schremm to just play <laughs> basketball in the background so that when clients are coming over, it looks like something's going on here. Um, and some of my favourite moments are John Ralphio quotes come from that. But another weird thing, a, a band I love, an American band, I think from the Pacific Northwest, called Band of Horses, um, who people listening will know, they're quite, they're quite famous. They have a song called Detlef Shrimp as well. Um, yeah, I think he was uh, he was quite a thing. I mean, him, Scotty Pippin, Dennis Rodman, etc. In the nineties, mm. obviously, were were massive. I, I think there was a guy was it Dikembe Mutombo and all that. I, I used to I used to watch quite a lot of basketball in the nineties, so that's why I think my eyes were drawn to it. It's like I wonder whose jersey that actually is. Is it a real player? Mm. Uh, because obviously, when we see Reggie uh, Hacklemore, as they call him, he's obviously not real. He's uh, which I actually think is disappointing. So I thought, you know, why don't we have a real yeah man player in that? Um, I remember sending you a message the other the other day, wasn't it, about uh, watching Third Rock from the Sun, and there's two episodes where they have Dennis Rodman in it, who plays an alien, and he's obviously he's mocking. Uh, they say about Michael Jordan, he goes, "Oh no, he's not really. He's a robot." <laughs> Do you yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> they just, just carry kind of pick, on picking fun at the sport. Yeah. And Anyone stuff. that good? Well, he's got to be a robot. He can't yeah. be real, can he? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, second question from Hammy: What river could you cross on quote one of those babies? I believe that is a reference to uh, the, is it foundation garments? Is it the River Kwai? It is the River Kwai. Um, so an excellent line from Martin here when they're in Navosa, I think, sitting in the window seat. Cracking question there from Hammy, but two out of two, two to the good for Steve here. Question three, there is a point in this episode where Frasier, quote, would be, end quote, confused. Why? Would be confused. No, I have no idea why Fraser would be confused. So Roz asks him a hypothetical question, asking if he'd be devastated if a woman came to him saying she was carrying his child whilst being a junior in college. I presume Fraser responds, I would be confused. Yeah. And then probably, I can't remember the line, probably a joke about um, the fact that, you know, he was a teacher or is that the ages don't add up or something like that um it has been a week since i've seen this episode so forgive me my it's trivia been about half an hour for me <laughs> the tri- well the trivia that you asked me i'm in for a real uh, world of hurt um trivia from little owlet in the glen which i i believe is our good friend rachel in the first scene in Roz's booth why does Roz think she'll be a great mom and it, this is this is kind of a line of Roz's as well is it about her saying she already done the first part well without trying or something like that? Absolutely. Yeah, um, love that line. Of course, she's talking about conception there. Um, a great line. Trivia from Niall Crane. When Ross and Fraser are talking in the kitchen about the father's job, how many pots and pans do we see on the stove? I don't even remember them going into the kitchen in this you episode. Not a clue. Um, Do they really go in the kitchen? I've missed that completely. She goes to get milk, doesn't she? Um, yeah, and then, and then we have the amazing, like, kids need yeah, oh, milk. God. <laughs> <laughs> staple go bad. Um, I'm going to guess they're either 
piled up or there's one on every burner. Yeah, burner, ring, whatever. I'm going to say there's four. Have it, baby. We're looking at we're looking at two pots and pans here. No more, no less. Trivia, visual trivia, master Nile crying strikes again. Trivia from little Bobby Briscoe. Roz is messing with Bulldog, leading him to believe he might be the father after they both attended a party. Whose party was it that Roz was referring to? I'm really fresh on this episode. It's Janet's party. It is Janet's. Some solid answering there because I wouldn't have remembered that. And trivia, finally, for this little section from Run For Your Life, Amy, how many kinds of mineral water does Fraser have in the fridge? I can tell the answer to that as well. It's eight because Martin's cheese can't be stored there. It has to be stored under the sink or something similar to absolutely. that. His, his eight absolutely. His absolutely abhorrent spray cheese, which we're probably going to discuss in the review. Some cracking answers there, Steve. Do you want to lay your trivia on me? Cracking questions. I've only got two for you this week. No uh, problem. Just two simple ones as it was a bit of a late turnaround for me to watch the episode. Of course, uh, of course. Question number one. According to his driving license, how much does Frasier weigh? Oh, Ross's answer: You don't weigh no. You ain't no. Oh, I'm gonna say you ain't no. One seventy. Bang on. Really? Oh my <laughs> god, that's 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 lucky. That's really Which lucky. I presume means Fraser thinks he weighs what's that about twelve and a bit stone? One hundred and seventy <laughs> pounds. I'll, let's have a look. That is yeah, twelve point one stone. Yeah. Not a chance, Fraser. No, weigh that. He weighs a lot more than that. We've seen um, him. We've seen him. Yeah, he's a, big, exactly. he's, a, he's, he's a big. He's got a big stature as Kelsey. Oh no! Do you know what? I do have three questions. Oh, yeah. I've got my ears. Uh, question two. I've got Niles arrives at nineteen oh one and discusses Roz's pregnancy with Daphne in the doorway. What does he say? He smells cooking. Oh. He avoids the engagement question by yeah, saying it. That's what he comes he up does. with. Um, do I smell? I think it... I don't know why. I want to say it's not right. No, it's not It's not going to be that. It's a very common meal. Oh, really? Yeah, I'd say it's quite a common thing that they'd cook. Or that people would I'm going to say duck, which isn't that common. <laughs> it's not. It's chicken. <laughs> Chicken, oh my God's sake. The other bird. Oh, is that chicken? <laughs> is that chicken? God damn. Um, Good question. question. Three, where does Frasier say Maris flies to have her biological clock reset? Zurich. Yeah, I knew you'd know that one. Another another <laughs> Zurich one. We love that. That's such a fantastic line as well. So Yeah, good. it's a brilliant question as well. Um, I'll take two out of three. That's no, good. It's good. Better, better than a normally lands, so that'll do. Um, finally, then for trivia corner this week, we have our boy MK for you, Steve. I'm Why? <laughs> what did you say? Time to get I'm grilled. Get grilled. <laughs> <laughs> Why was Roz supposed surprised? Sorry, to see Fraser at the cafe the day she planned to tell Rick about the baby. Oh, he was supposed to be somewhere else, and I can't. Yes, he was. Um, I even know. I know what he's. I don't know what. I can't remember what he says. He says something, and then he says. Of course, you'd be surprised to see me in the place I go every day. Every day. <laughs> um, but I can't remember the, 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 the place he's supposed to be. He's uh, It's an appointment of some sort, isn't it, that he's supposed to be at? But I yes, can't tell you what. 
he was supposed to be at a dental appointment. Uh, he was going to the dentist. Question two. We learn that Frasier won't let Martin keep something in the fridge. What is it and where is it alternatively stored? Oh, Damn, sorry, Corey. Oh, no. Both of, both of his next questions. You, you answered this <laughs> and the next one. Oh, what's the next one? What's for dinner in 1901 and Ross comes ooh. over? Chicken. <laughs> uh, we're so sorry, Corey. I, I think that might be the first time ever that he's had two out of his Definitely three. It. Yeah, I don't think he's done his double before. I'm sorry. And honestly, it's always Corey and never Hammy that we duplicate the questions with. He's going to think this is targeted, some kind of hate <laughs> crime. Um, Corey, well, we're in a group chat with Corey, of course. We're gonna we're gonna talk to him after the show and profusely apologize and hope that he sends us trivia next week. Um, but some cracking trivia there from everyone involved this week. So thank you so much, and thank you, Steve, as well, um, for yours for me. Shall we get to the review? Yeah, let's get out of trivia corner before I cause any more trouble. <laughs> <laughs> so I believe, Steve, that you just said before we went on air, you didn't catch the animation. Um, I can tell you it was a moonrise. Oh, which the, I, the think, one I, I get yeah. not to see, and it's a, it's a good one, classic, very good classic of that. I feel like it's one that, um, I, I always say this, but I'm, I feel like it's the first time I've seen it. If not, it's been used very sparingly. It does sound like it's quite fresh. That might, yeah, be I, it, it, I, it struck me as feeling very different. Um, and it really fits. I don't know, it's because it's just white and it really fits yeah. this, the skyline, the palette. It looks really good. Nice um, good. Yeah. So we're going to kick off this kind of two-parter, this two-part, uh, second part to this episode um, with Halloween now. Roz is, of course, still pregnant. Um, Roz knows that she wants the child very early. You know, she knows she wants to keep the child. Um this obviously don't want to discuss this to too great an extent because obviously it, it's, a, it's a whole kettle of fish for, for all kinds of ideological and political reasons. But does it surprise you maybe that Roz is it kind of comes to this decision as fast as she does? I mean, as Fraser says, it's within hours. He said, Oh, many sleepless hours, hours. before you come <laughs> to such a conclusion. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it feels rushed, doesn't it, from Roz? Perry obviously plays it very well, but I think Roz seems to be coming very, very quickly into motherhood there. And it's mm. like, it's almost like there's no thought in it at all. She makes up her lies about where Rick is. Or she, she doesn't name him as Rick at that point. Yeah. But yeah, the father's away. He's happy for me to do this. I'm going ahead with it. Done. Mm. Straight in there. I mean, it, it, I don't, I get the feeling that people would deliberate over it more um, than maybe Roz does. Yeah. Um, going backwards a little bit, I did notice that they really do go with the. I mean, as Hammy pointed out, he thought this was a two-parter, and we said, "Well, it's not, but it is." It finished last episode with "to be continued." This episode starts, and there's absolutely no previously on Frasier, which you'd expect from a "to be continued." Mm. They do, however, use establishing things of when Frasier comes in. Roz, are you okay? I'm still pregnant. Oh, here we are. Well, you dashed out of there last night. I know, but what was the appropriate time to hang about in front of 100 guests to announce that I'm pregnant? So we know yeah. that the party, we know it's pregnancy, etc. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I have kind of avoided your question almost. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. I think I think it's a, it's a hard question to pose and, and to answer without, you know, kind of getting mired down it a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I think I think it is surprising that, that Roz comes to the decision so quickly. But then also, are the writers trying to kind of contrive the story almost that motherhood can come from the most unlikely places and Roz who seems the most 
not unfit to be a mother, but the most kind of, you know, that's not something she's ever seen for herself suddenly realizing oh i want this and then she you know she takes to it well she's a great mother to alice in the end so yeah um, i mean part of me wonders whether the writers thought they had to put roz to have a pregnancy whether she kept it or not purely because roz is always having sex isn't she she's always dating mm. maybe they're trying to actually you know allude to the fact that that was there, gonna there are some consequences point. sometimes maybe. Yeah, yeah she can't yeah. beat those odds as she says in halloween um <laughs> And was it a theme of the 90s? Were they trying to educate or were they trying to get a story across or was it just for fun? I mean, was it just a way of making a character pregnant to develop Roz's character more? Yeah, because it definitely does do that. I think yeah. I think it's a, it's a good thing for her character to have because we love Roz. Any any chance to to give her a bit more flesh and, and, and bone is is great, I think. It's another way of showing that Roz is a very de- like independent female. I mean, obviously she's worked her way through being a producer she's holding down a very good job she is independent in that way maybe this is a way of strengthening her character which obviously we see develop over the next few seasons with her having alice as a child so yeah yeah absolutely so be interested to see what listeners think about her in a decision making in in this episode um ros says she's told the father um i can't i thought a question might be what time does she work it out to be in cairo time um (laughs) which i think is would would have been quite good because i certainly would have wouldn't have been able to answer well i um, think that part's brilliant when she says in cairo time and he goes are you just trying to tell me your time zones zones or... <laughs> um why do you think her mind goes to cairo do you think she's probably just been flicking through a travel brochure in between the show and like that line that place is in her head why I cairo presume, i presume it was to say it was as far away as possible and europe's always done isn't it in friends they go to europe in seinfeld they go to europe mm. and rick, rick is going to paris it would exactly so again yeah. we could use that so maybe cairo was just a brilliant place i can't i mean i can imagine an archaeological tour of cairo but i can't imagine an architect needs to go to cairo very yeah often. that that's a big thing an architect and then she she later retcons yeah. that and says is an archaeologist well i think fraser should maybe quibble the architect thing from the get-go because it's certainly not the profession you expect to come out you think she'd lead of archaeologists because at least it's believable yeah. he's just um, going to go and knock up some more pyramids and stuff and uh... you know just build a few more <laughs> with a few more extra bedrooms extra <laughs> extension on the geyser one um so bulldog is is in hot water now because Roz. i love this gag of Roz just kind of leading him to think that he's the dad because bulldog's kind of lecherous perving on Roz all the time it's good to see her kind of get one back and always like ha ah, that's totally not me you know <laughs> caring and sensual or whatever the words she uses I can only imagine the first time I watched it it was a long time ago I imagine the first time I watched it did I actually fall for this did I actually mm. think wow was Bulldog the father I mean we we don't know the way he starts going huh what huh what and and she goes you know I've, I've written it down uh, we made love. You were tender and caring. No way was tender that Tender and caring. <laughs> no way was that me. That is so, so good. And just and even like the phrase, we made love, like Bulldog would be like on that enough, like, like make love. No, he didn't. He, he starts to squirm as soon as he starts, but tender and caring. No way was that me. Yeah. And you can just, you can, it's, it's, his relief is palpable, isn't it? Like, it, you know, he's so, so freaking glad that Ross we, is having a We've had it before with Bulldog. When when uh, who else gets pregnant? Someone else at the station gets pregnant. He gets his fingers out, and starts counting. Goes, hold on, September, August, July. Nope. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Once again, it's not him. It's just outrageous. Um, we transition now to 1901, and Martin is refusing to get the door. Um, it's Niles at the door at this point, isn't it? I think that's um, a brilliant gag. The doorbell goes. 
he says, Daphne, no, can't you see I'm busy? Hold on, she's coming. Honestly, I mean, it's a fantastic gag, but God, it annoys me because this isn't the first time this happens and with Frasier as well. Um, it's just, you know, just your, your sole purpose, Martin, is to get a bit of exercise each day. Just get off the chair and go get well, the door. I mean, I, I then wrote down the next one of Frasier's quotes, Daphne, you may answer the door. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, that gives me... turns up, but yeah, yeah you, you may answer you the door. Answer the door. <laughs> um, so Niles, not oh, that's it. I don't know what got into me last night. And then is it Frasier? No, Martin says about a quarter vodka. Yeah. Um, do we ever see Niles drink vodka in general? And was there ever any reference to him drinking vodka in Halloween? Because we were told it was mead, grog, and champagne. Well, we see, he says he's is it exclusively mead and grog? And um, but he's got it's champagne everywhere. I don't yeah. think there's any vodka there, but I presume Martin's just saying it. It would a quart of grog, maybe not have sounded so a great. A quart of grog. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, just just flag for me. I was like, you know, this episode was only you know 24 hours ago in, in the time of the show and previous week in reality. Mm. Um, why didn't they? They've spent a bit of time with the alcohol and naming it in the last episode. Why not just use one of those lines? Um, I one thing I did notice here, and we've had this a few times over the course of the podcast now and i'd be interested to know if listeners flag this martin sounds very different to me and i think john mahoney has got a cold when this episode was filmed do you think he sounds gruffer yeah he sounds gruffer bassier and like it just sounds a little bit like less americany um, for me he sounded a bit more like he'd gone back to season one he's mm. a bit more cantankerous he's less warm he seems to be a little bit yeah, well, like you say, just a bit more gruff and croaky in the throat. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He's not shouting, but he's got that sort of extra power behind his throat in this episode, definitely. Yeah, and in just some of the small talk, it's just the way it's crackling a little bit. I'm like, I, that sounds a little bit like he's got a cold to me. And we know there's been episodes where Frasier's clear, Kelsey's clearly got a cold, but it's mm. not part of the the, sto- uh, the show's story or anything. Um, we have that amazing line now about Maris is so, is it she's so tightly wound or something? Or. No, no, it's about her bi- biological. Few clock. years older, isn't she? She's not getting any younger, but it's all right. She flies to Zurich to have a biological clock reset. Fantastic, so so good. Not the first time Zurich has been mentioned. Um, what was what's the other Zurich line yeah, we use a lot? Chin grinders in Zurich, and that's <laughs> done in Antwerp. <laughs> <laughs> a chin grinder that is absolutely <laughs> incredible um then then i've got the line that you just said daphne you may answer the door i just simply put my god with frustration <laughs> here because i was just getting so annoyed at the the men in this house um just refusing to do anything martin's got new pants um is this because ros comments on them i can't remember why i made no, a note uh... of this Daphne comes in and Roz is is told to make small talk with Roz, isn't it? Don't mention the baby. And she goes, oh, that's a cute skirt. Did you get it recently? Yeah, I just picked it up. And and mine goes, I just got these pants. I just got these pants. And he looks so happy with himself. I think that's why I made a note of it. I was like, got to ask Steve about his pants because it's simple things like that that can make you happy. I absolutely love the fact that Frasier comes back out of the kitchen. They're discussing the baby. Don't worry. He, she bought it up. She bought it (laughs) up. And comes out. I think Daphne, when she sort of gets more sort of over the top, that accent comes through. And that's why I can't help doing it and sort of imitating it. Don't worry. She bought it (laughs) up. Normally, Jane Leaves doesn't sound that northern to us do you know yeah, what I mean? yeah. course, she always probably does to more americans but to me she doesn't sound that mancunian all the time and then suddenly this northern accent really comes through the more sort of annoyed at fraser she gets yeah yeah that's a really good point um 
like yeah measuring her accents variability based on how annoying Frasier's being in that <laughs> one scene is, is a good way of looking at it and yeah Frasier's still just so kind of disappointed and annoyed that, that they're talking about it he's kind of shaking his head even though they're all free of blame um he mentions now he has eight kinds of mineral water. So when he goes, Ross, can I see in the kitchen? And he goes, oh, no, does she say, oh, just bring me a water. I have eight kinds. Yeah, you can pick one for yourself. Um, I don't even know you could get eight kinds of mineral water. I mean, it's just, is this necessary? Do you think he actually drinks from them all? Or? Frasier, it's necessary, isn't it? I'm sure there's like a peach sparkling and they're oh, going to yeah. be flavoured and everything else. But I mean, the fact that Martin gets so annoyed, oh, yeah, you got eight kinds of water, but my spray cheese has to be kept under the oh. sink. I mean, <laughs> honestly, have you ever had spray cheese or anything equivalent to that, Steve? I don't think I've ever had to go into a shopping aisle and think, I wonder if I could get something that sprays on toast or sprays oh. the biscuit. God, honestly, if any Americans genuinely do eat it, I would love to hear from you, but it sounds appalling to me, and I'm not trying to get on a high horse. Um, oh, hold on, I've just got to cross that off your Christmas list, Will. <laughs> I've, only recently, Will. I've only recently a convert to um, like cheese singles, which I think is just like American cheese, you know, that kind yeah. of rubbery one that you throw on some burgers and stuff. Yeah, the burger cheese. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm actually a bit of a, a recent convert to that, but one thing I hate is like McDonald's put it on everything. So if you get a sausage and egg McMuffin in the breakfast menu, they put yeah. cheese on that. And it's cheese, that orange. sausage Look, and egg. Isn't there one, uh, isn't there a Fraser quote where he says it looks like someone's melted down a traffic cone? Oh I'm a, my that, God. That color yes. orange is definitely the sort of cheese we get here. Honestly. I mean, where do you stand on those cheese singles? Are you a fan of that? Do you know what? I mean, yeah, it works in a burger at a barbecue, doesn't it? But I can't imagine putting it in a sandwich with something else. That's just not what it's there for. Absolutely could not do that. No, would not eat on a sandwich. Um, the, the brilliant delivery from Kelsey now. Perhaps my delivery of... Actually, no, it's second to Kids Need Milk, which we'll get to. <laughs> um, but it's like, oh, this morning you told me he was X, Y, or Z. Oh, this morning you told me you met... Um, I can't remember where he says you wait for singles bar, isn't it? I think the first one. And she's like, oh yeah, well, blah, 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 blah. This morning you told me nothing. <laughs> just the <laughs> delivery of that is incredible, honestly. He's just I love when Frasier gets hysterical. There's this kind of campness to it, you know, slightly effeminate. It's just so funny when he just loses his rag. Brilliant. Every time, uh, every time she mentions architect, all I can think of is George Costanza in Seinfeld going, "Well, I've always wanted to be an architect. Let me be the architect when they meet new women. I'll be an architect. I'm Art Vandelay. I'm an architect. Art Vandelay." <laughs> it instantly made me think I've got to make a meme here of her going, "Yeah, his name's Rick. He's an architect, and there's George dressed as an architect somehow, like designing <laughs> something." But you can definitely do that. Um, it it made me think actually a lot with this conversation in the uh, special kitchen where you can and can't hear through the door because Niles has to creep in quite a few times to try and get some information here. He does. And David Hyde Pierce cracks me up when he first walks in. Sorry, I'm just getting a bottle of wine. Goes back out. Niles, will you leave us alone? I'm sorry, Fraser. I resent the fact that you think I'm eavesdropping. I've come in for a bottle opener. Walks out. All I got was she hasn't told the father yet. <laughs> and then Martin's like, Damn. Martin's like shaking his hands. He's like <laughs> leaning so he can kind of see into the kitchen. This um, is brilliant. I, yeah. I resent that. Walks out. All I got was she doesn't know the father yet. Honestly, he's kind of faking his hurt there is, is so good. But he really does ham it up. And he's like, a, you know, I resent the fact that you think this. I was just getting a corkscrew or whatever. <laughs> just the way he says it. I'm just like, you know, Fraser's like, oh, no, I'm sorry as he leaves. It's just like so, so well done. Um, back in Novosa now, um, which I believe you did the coffee count as two. 
there is two. There is a uh, wrote it down somewhere. I may not be able to find the notes. Uh, I've got coffee, yeah, too. I did text it to you, didn't I? I've forgotten what it is now. Decaf, I think, was one of them because uh, he says, she says, I don't know how I'm going to tell the father. And he goes, decaf. When did you switch to decaf, Roz? Well, sometimes opportunities just present themselves, Roz. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Do we know what the total coffee count is now? Uh, 150. What? Oh, beautiful. Nice and neat. 150 total coffees drank by the five main cast for anyone who's just joined us and doesn't know what the coffee count is. Um, we learn now in Navosa that you could cross the River Kwai in one of Sherry's foundation garments as well. I think they call them bras now. Uh, <laughs> no, not these. <laughs> not these. Sounds like, weirdly, Sherry and May Dugan have a lot in common, despite the fact that she makes a big deal about clearly there's a huge size difference between her and May Dugan, but I don't think well, they're May a world Dugan's apart. got a horse, didn't they? So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what her back measurement was, but it's the chest size of a horse, apparently. You can put one on a horse, or the other one you can cross a river in them. They're not miles apart. Let's there get seems real. to be a lot of bra jokes in these two episodes, just from Martin alone. I don't know what the writers were thinking, but yeah, bras were a massive, massive gag for, yeah. for Martin to be constantly talking about female underwear in these two episodes. Because like father, like son, he's always thinking about women and the female form, I think. Um so funny now. I, I think I think this is actually the we after after we have the Nervosa scene and Rick kind of storms out and you know Fraser's trying to console uh console rather this brilliance like uh, Rick's nice, isn't it? Yes, he is. He's yeah. a father, isn't he? Yes, he is. Yes. Um, it's a brilliant, a really great interchange. Um, so if, if you want to go out to Nervosa, do do so, because my notes kind of ended at that point. But when we see Rick going to Roz's apartment, he, he says that he rode a bike and like there's a laugh, like that's yeah. a punchline. Like well, the it, world's a very different place now. <laughs> we see, I've, I, the only thing I've got written down in that Nervosa scene is... Uh... <laughs> Martin worked extra to put Fraser through medical school. He mentions that when he says about the yuppie joints and yes. correcting grammar with a red pen. And that's Niles, obviously. Yes. So the one point it. I was going to make before we left Nervosa was that Martin worked extra shifts to pay for Fraser. Wouldn't Fraser have got some kind of scholarship into medical almost, school? Almost, almost certainly. Yeah. Or did that go to Niles? Because, you know, I, I don't understand how Martin worked extra shifts as a policeman to uh, suddenly afford medical school like so i presume you went to harvard med was is that a place i mean you went uh, to harvard yeah med. harvard medical school sorry if you can hear motorbikes going past on my microphone <laughs> uh really frustrating um but yeah i, I think i think the, the idea of putting any of your sons through like harvard medical school is completely out of the question unless you earn like you know a good six-figure income i just don't see that that's feasible he goes to oxford doesn't he where goes to yale and cambridge so you have to have been on a scholarship i can only think that that was why he took on those extra mounted police patrols on agadies um Mm. in the 70s was to pay for the child that he hadn't had yet but uh yeah i like i'm sorry i I went back purely because i like the bit about the yuppie joints and he goes the people are correcting graffiti with a red pen it's Niles, isn't it? Yeah, I'll have a word with him, Dad. I'll have a word with him. And they obviously leave. So um, good. As you were saying, yeah, Ross's apartment, yeah, I put Rick Flowers, and um, I presume the gag about him, yeah, well, there was a card, but it fell off when I rode over on my bike, was to show that he's really, really young. He's I tw- think so. I think so. But he could, he could have been like an eco-friendly 40-year-old investment banker who cycles, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's weird having the cycling as a pun. Yeah. Um, I get I just- it, but also I'm a bit like, I don't know. 
He's 20. He holds down a full time, I presume, a full time job at Novosa. Although his soccer team just won and he's aced his finals and he's off to Paris. So this starting to think, that. what's next? <laughs> <laughs> well, well. Um, <laughs> I presume they're just trying to make him sound more childlike, the fact that he rode a bike. Although I think in America, most coming of age, even like teen shows like Saved by the Bell, instantly show when a child hits 16. They're going to drive as ed at school. They're learning oh, how to yeah. drive cars. The 90s was full of people getting cars at the age of 16. Whereas over here, you'd be nearly 18 by the time you've had lessons and applied for licenses, etc. So I'd imagined as a 20-year-old, he probably would have been driving. I mean, he's just moved back in with his parents. He mentions that as well. Mm-hmm. I think that, that it's just instantly, I, I presume that line is just to make Rick as childlike as possible, which is why he can't handle being a father. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's got to be. Well, I mean, one thing that occurs to me here, it's a complete tangent really, but one thing the UK and the US are kind of painfully conjoined by is the fact that they're both enormously car-centric nations. Um, Their whole infrastructure is based around cars and car culture dominates. I love cycling and would love to cycle places and go on cycling holidays and kind of wild camp and all of that. I just don't have the confidence to go out on the road cycling um, because I just think it's a very, very unforgiving space for cyclists i mean i get angry and kind of pestered by cyclists and i'm on their side in some ways so i know what other people are like when i'm holding up a line of traffic and i know listeners might correct me here but from what i've read and and from americans that i do know it's you know it's even more the case that like public transport in your cities most of them is isn't great and cycling is probably not the best option in the world if you live in a kind of heavily populated area so I just think it'd be great to see a shift because I love cycling and I wish I could cycle more. I think I think more power to Rick here um, yeah. and his bike, think... even though he did lose a card, so they have disadvantages. <laughs> blew, off, blew off the flowers. Blew off. I wonder what it said. What, where did it go? What did it say? I know. I wish I could have known that. I wish what Sweetener thinks that he scribbled down. Um, Going on to, um, obviously, Rick leaving, you've said that you think Kelsey's delivery, what was it in the kitchen uh, that you really... Uh, uh this morning you're talking nothing <laughs> right so i can i can beat you because my favorite kelsey line in here is uh go away but i just got here but i just got here door. so it so good floors um, me every time with when as soon as he goes knock knock go away but <laughs> i just got here <laughs> so so good um in fact there were a couple of little moments actually just before rick leaves that I, i'd flagged here um so a really lovely delivery from Roz. like that's the whole point of being 20 you could be anything um, yeah. I think that's so full of heart and kind of good meaning here. And, you know, I have quibbled actually. Um, oh yeah. That's my next bullet point, which I'll get to in a minute, but yeah, it's really heartfelt. And Roz is so ridiculously understanding at this point that Rick, maybe cause he's young, won't know yet. He's, you know, th- this, this is kind of a dream scenario for a young man who wasn't ready for this to happen. And he's being mm. basically absolved of all responsibility. Um, whether or not you morally agree with that is kind of what my next bullet point's about. But, um, you know, he's he's got off scot-free here. And then yeah. my next question was, I wonder why Rick never has any involvement. Um, and am I wrong or correct in thinking he has? Does he ever come back or have any interaction with Alice? I believe that Rick is never seen again. Uh, Rick's parents obviously appear in Roz and the Snoz, don't he? Oh my uh, God, they are yeah. Rick's parents, aren't they? Yeah, that's coming up. Um, but I find that episode, I mean, not to review an episode before we see it, I find it strange that Rick's parents go to meet Roz. One, they meet him at Fraser's house, 
and two or meet her sorry at Fraser's house and two Rick's not there uh, yeah so you're going to have a baby you're going to disappear to Paris presume he's already gone mum and dad this is the apartment number go meet the woman who's having your grandchild that we're never going to see again <laughs> it's just yeah from a writing standpoint it makes absolutely no sense um but for me it's just like he's 20 he's not 16 like he's young he's not that young to understand the ramifications of he's brought life into this world mm. um is he ever going to want to maybe see this child um is he ever going to get curious and reach out to Ross because they end on amazing terms he could just walk clean back in and, and have a healthy relationship with alice I just, it's a really strange setup for me. I get maybe they wanted to give Roz a child because it will just give her some more character, but well, why they chose to do it in this way. Should this reboot happen, I would now estimate Alice was born in 1997. What does that make her? 25? 25, yeah, 25. So maybe there's an actress ready to play her. However, Rick was supposed to be 20 in this. The actor that played Rick by, I think his name was Todd Babcock. Babcock, I've got it written down as. Mm-hmm. Yep, Todd Babcock. He was 28 at the time, playing a 20-year-old. Right. You look him up on IMDb. Currently, he has the brightest grey hair. Full head of hair, but no colour in it at all. It I is grey. Right. So when he comes back, he's going to look ancient. Mm. Probably older than Perry Gilpin, who actually still looks reasonably young, and she's around 60. It's going to be interesting if he comes back to play the dad. I just don't. I don't. I mean, how how certain are you the reboot will happen at this point? I don't want to get too bogged down to that. I I could not guess. I mean, Kelsey was planning it in what 2019 COVID happened. It's still on IMDb saying pending. Kelsey's the only confirmed actor. We're going nowhere, are we? Yeah. I mean, I I personally don't see it happening. I don't really want it to happen. Um, if it was going to happen, I think it would have happened quickly. I mean, that 70s show, bearing in mind Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis are way more famous now than they were in that 70s show as teenagers. Mm-hmm. I think Mila Kunis was 14, maybe 15 when she appeared in that. She actually lied about her age going on to another sitcom. She lied to say she was 16. She wasn't. I think she was 14 and had actually had her first ever kiss, as in in her life, with Ashton Kutcher on screen. Okay. That was the first ever time she had any interaction with a boy, and it just happened to be on a TV show. And she was and, on. And now they're married. So they are now married. Yeah, kind of an, a, a beautiful symmetry there. But, Maybe slightly morally wrong, but yeah. <laughs> um, Where I'm coming to is that '90s show has been uh, given the go-ahead by um, Netflix, and a lot of the the actors from that '70s show. I mean, that finished in what 2006, I want to say. Uh, so what are we 16 years later? Yeah, 16 years later, mm-hmm. that 90s show is now being made. And they came up with the idea at the start of this year. It's been filmed. There's scripts, there's scenery, there's everything's coming out. It's all over Instagram from the actors that are back in it and guest starring. That's being made. If Kelsey wanted to make a reboot, I don't see why it takes three years to try and find a cast. Because if yeah. the actors are interested, they'd be jumping at it. He's got Paramount Plus on board. Apparently, they want to make it. He's, so, you know, Frasier was huge. He he yeah. is still has a lot of influence, and the yeah. people that were all you know, and it's a beloved show. So that seventy show was was huge. Frasier was was bigger critically. Yeah. Um, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. In that seventy show, only made eight seasons. And to be fair, after <clears throat> excuse me, after season five and six, 
it really went flat because the main character, the guy who played Eric, went to be in Spider-Man. Oh, um, is that to- Topher, Topher uh, Grace? Yeah, Topher Grace. He left the show. They tried to replace him. He was a main character. It's like replacing Frasier in Frasier. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you, you're yeah. losing the main character. Um, and then there's other issues with a few of the other actors that sort of left and came back and stuff like that. And he comes back in the finale, and it's a nice finale, and it was left open-ended, so it will work in that 90s show. And the same with Frasier, it was left open-ended. You can bring it back. Mm. But like I say, if they were going to make it, they'd have made it. I I can't see why it's taken so long. You know, you've only got to say, David, do you want to be in this? Perry, do you want to be in this? Obviously, John Mahoney can't, sadly. The dogs can't, etc. But you know, those actors and actresses, they're still working. Dan Butler's still out there. Edward Hibbert's still out there. They're in Grace and Frankie. They're on stage. They're acting all the time, and they're still in contact because we've seen them on... They did that Zoom meeting, didn't they? Stars in the House or whatever. Yeah. They all still talk. There is no way that Kelsey can't just say to them, are you in or out? And the producers yeah. come back and say, let's do this. I presume the Charles brothers, that uh, Les and... I can't think of the other one's name now. It's gone out of my head. That created Cheers and Frasier are still alive. If they yeah. are, surely they can give their go ahead and say, yeah, let's make this reboot. We we give you a blessing to recreate another Fraser Crane adaptation as such. Mm. Who knows? Who knows? Listeners, chime in with your two cents. A little yeah. bit of a tangent. Did you know? I'm sure you will. I only recently found out that Topher Grace, Topher is short for Christopher. Yeah. <laughs> like That's outrageous. Because someone made a jokey tweet because Bram Stoker, the author of Dracula, his actual name was Abraham Stoker. Yep. And someone, someone jokingly said he was very much the Topher Grace of his day. Um, oh. And then all these people were commenting saying, are you, are you telling me Topher Grace is short for Christopher Grace? Because none of them knew that. And they were I like, are you kidding me? It always comes down to um, Screen Actors Guild, doesn't it? That If there's already an actor out there with the name, so maybe Christopher Grace is already out there. Bram Stoker doesn't make sense because he was obviously never an actor. Um, but you've also got to remember, Kelsey Grammer's first name is actually Alan. It's Alan Kelsey Grammer. His oh, I didn't know Kelsey. that. John Mahoney's first name is Charles. Mm. Charles John Mahoney. So both of them changed for their middle name. Wow. Well, there so, you go. The more you know. Um, yeah. yeah, I just found that I found that interesting. Um, and yeah, that's that's led on to I didn't know either of those <laughs> things about, about Martin and Frey. That's awesome. Um, so the whole thing now about Roz kind of having a bit of a breakdown about the milk, you know, I'm not ready for this or I can't do this. And Frey's just like, are we still talking about the milk? Um, and then Ross, you know, about staples and you can't, you can't let a staple go bad. And of course, kids need milk, which I just think, honestly, Ross steals this episode for me, but that is an unbelievable delivery of a line. She's like hysterical, but kids do need milk, you know, in some form or another. She's not wrong. She does it. I mean, she does it brilliantly both ways. She overreacts in that, doesn't she? The screaming, like you say, the milk. I let a staple go bad, mm. and all this. And and when she says, and he, and Fraser, I don't think kids can even have milk until they're at least one. See, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um. I love the. Yeah, but you had Lilith. You know, you knew about that, and she knew about the Snugglies. You've never met Lilith, have you? <laughs> never met Which, Lilith. Either. Stupidly, she has met Lilith on a couple of occasions, but. Not round. He's, he's probably just yeah, yeah, kind of. Um, I think Fraser's speech here is a really beautiful bond between him and Roz when he says things like, "I've written it down." You don't just love your children; you fall in love with them. It's a gorgeous line. Beautiful speech from Kelsey. However, Fraser, where is your child at the moment? Oh, yeah, the other side of the country, mm. as Doctor Tewksbury would say. 
distance. Distance. <laughs> That's so sad. Frazier's going on about how close you have to be and how much you love the child. And they become part of your life and part of your household. He hasn't lived with his child in five years. Mm. In fact, we've seen Freddie in, in Seattle away from Boston, what, four times? Maybe not even that. Frazier doesn't see him that often. I presume he speaks to him on the phone a lot, but... It is sad because I think maybe Fraser wants to see him more than that, yeah. you know, and, you know, yeah. the distance is, is kind of forced, but it's true. You know, he is, he is giving this lovely speech that's presupposing a kind of, let's say, conventional relationship with a child, mm-hmm. i.e. you spend far more time with him than Fraser does with Freddie. So there is a bit of a dissonance, isn't there, between his own relationship and, and the one he's professing is what Ros will have. Um, yeah. But no, so I, I think you, I think you're right to point that out completely. But that is a lovely line, isn't it? You don't just love your children; you fall in love with them. I think, you know, whether or not I ever have children, I, I have no idea what the future holds. Um, but I think that's, you know, that's a really lovely, a really lovely line. Sorry, it's just made me laugh when you're saying that. I don't plan to have children, but I tell you one thing: one of my dog children, I can currently hear in a kennel out in the back garden, absolutely screaming his head off. <laughs> really? What? Because he doesn't want to be there. I imagine Elle's scurrying out there now because we try and keep him quiet. No, he's probably playing with something. They've got toys in the kennels. Two of the terriers spend some time in runs separately because they they do get on, but they'd be too much with each other. Um, mm. But if you can hear this bark in the background, that is Henri, our French dog, absolutely Henri. Giving, some, uh, giving it to some toys out there at the moment. Honestly, Henri built his reputation on that, on that toy. <laughs> oh, Henri. <laughs> oh, Henri. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I've just put here that, that Fraser and Ross, as you've already said, you know, they have a, a really beautiful relationship and that really comes to the fore here. And just the way he's like, you, you won't be alone. You've got me, you know, for all of Fraser's flaws, Ross really does have him and what a person to have because Fra- Fraser is someone who is emotionally like great at supporting her. You know, he will always have the, the financial capability to support her as well. Yeah. Um, you know, not that Roz will necessarily need it. She's completely independent, but just to have Frasier there, um, you can see how happy she is. And it's just, it's a great exploration of, of their relationship, I think. Um, it's it's just done really well here. You say, um, you say about the finance, that brings me actually back to a point we should have made when we were in her apartment, when she, uh, when she mentions getting a bigger apartment at 1901. And obviously Martin's kept cracking on about the husband. We need to get a husband. Maybe the husband will have one. (laughs) Yeah, honestly. Martin just completely sticking his foot right in it. Um, Like, our husband! I was going to say a bigger apartment. Um, Yeah, just just Martin just needs to just not give advice here. He's very much off his generation and like, you know. Um, But yeah, Ross's apartment is kind of insane. You know, the whole place is a bedroom. <laughs> um, I do like it. I think it's actually quite cosy. I mean, she's got it decorated the way she likes. Luckily, all the porcelain is it hippos that she's been bought in the past are smashed through that earthquake. But she does have a porcelain cow above her bed, which seems quite fitting for her. It's quite, it's, it's like you can see that she's grown up, but she's still got sort of a teenage girl's way. She's got videos on top of the, uh, you can see the TV just in the front of the set. Mm you overlook to see them sitting on the bed and you can see that she's got some videos stuck on top and she's got some books behind the bed and like I don't know tapes and CDs and such and yeah. it's like she's obviously got her interests and she's got her cowboy boots and uh, wouldn't it be easy just to put a notch on the bed um and things <laughs> like that she you know she's you they've really sort of given her 
apartments and character to show her personality and i think that's nice even with the as we mentioned in trivia corner i said i spotted the the uh the sonics shirt to show that she's passionate about her sports and she's got an interest in that and stuff and it's nice that like i say they've built that set around Roz's character mm. and obviously when she says she needs a bigger apartment obviously we see it later in in further in the future when she's got Alice I believe the the set for hers actually changes doesn't it she lives down by the docks in the future doesn't she um, yeah actually I, I completely forgot that she moves to a different apartment because we have like a lot more going on in that one we see her bedroom when she locks Bulldog out and yeah. Simon climbing up the drain pipe and yeah, there's a few yeah. different things. I mean, she obviously does, I presume she earns more money in the future, et cetera. But yeah, I mean, that, that apartment is definitely a big change in the future when we see a bit of a bit of a set change and a bit of a set design change. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Is this episode in your top 10, Stephen? It's not. It's not in mine either, um, but it's a great build, character builder for Raz, some lovely touchy moments in her and Frage, um, you know, it's not exactly filler because it's a pretty big part of her arc, but um, you know, it's not seismic in the in the Fraser community for the the kind of laughter or, or the you know general quality of this episode. But I think it's got its moments. Um, who have you gone for actor pick? I think I'm going to have to go with Kelsey, and I think I do that nearly every week. And I, I have picked Kelsey so much. Keys tally which I think he still has somewhere, um, but obviously hasn't been updated for some time. Um, I was really dominant with Frasier picks, Kelsey picks. Yeah, I, th- I think it's got to be Kelsey. I mean, like I say, the delivery of those two lines that we've mentioned, the I just got here and, and the speech at the end. I do think Perry Gilpin's a very good actress in this. I think she she looks great again. I think she really delivers some of her lines very well, but I think Kelsey just dominates with the way he's in the kitchen with his speech there and then the speech at the end. I think he just delivers those lines in a different way. I don't think it's hammy in any kind of way. I think mm. it's very sincere, maybe from Kelsey himself as well as from Fraser as a character. I definitely think he delivers those lines just with that little bit more than maybe we expect. So, yeah, 100% Kelsey for me. Cracking some great justification there. I've gone for Perry Gilpin. I've gone for Ross. Um, no, I, I just think the way she handles herself in this episode, some of the hilarious deliveries like the milk line, but also the way she talks to Rick. I think more this comes out of the way she talks to Rick in the apartment. I just think, you know, this is a real side to Ross we're not used to seeing. She's someone who has her proverbial SHIT together here. She's kind of giving very good advice to to, to Rick. Um, And although she still lives a bit of a kind of carefree, you know, fully independent life, she... She also recognizes, look, you know, I'm 20 years older than you, or I'm old enough to be your mother, or whatever. You know, as we learn, Rick's mother, you know, you kind of look like that. No, no. Um, so you know, I just think I think Perry Gilpin is fantastic in this episode. Um, and I really do think that Alice and her relationship she ha- will have with Alice in the few coming seasons is just a real strong point of the show when it could have just been the writers grasping at straws to, to kind of think of something at this point, you know, how far along the road they thought this would go. We don't know, but it ends up paying dividends. I think it's interesting to give, I mean, there's obviously two female main cast members with uh, Daphne and with Roz in. Mm. And it kind of made me think a lot about the fact that friends has three female cast members. Yeah. Three do give birth at some point. Very true. Very true. Actually, I say that Monica doesn't. They have yeah. children, but they're adopted. Yeah. Which you there we go. Yeah, they, they all assume motherhood. Yeah, they they develop those yeah. females to. You've got 
independent, married, and surrogate to her brother, which is an odd storyline, but that's a different podcast. <laughs> yeah, different... It kind of makes sense in its weird way, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, anyone who's not seen Friends is now thinking, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Hopefully you have seen it. But um, <laughs> yeah, I just I, there's not too many that do that. I mean, when, when you've got with Seinfeld, for example, um, Elaine never gets pregnant, although uh, Julia Dreyfus, uh, Lewis or whatever, I can't think of her full name, it's Julia Dreyfus, she does become pregnant yeah. as her. Yeah, yeah, in real life. The show when they, they dress Elaine in some appalling outfits is a bit like when Daphne becomes pregnant, but it isn't, do you know what I mean, Jane Lee? Yeah. They didn't go with the fat story. They just put Elaine in some absolutely dreadful 90s clothing, really big baggy stuff and awful haircuts and stuff to hide it. And I think they didn't do it. They didn't feel the need. I don't think in Will and Grace, I don't think Grace or um, Karen get pregnant at any point. Hmm. Um and obviously, I don't think most of the girls in Sex and the City, et cetera, don't have babies. I think only Charlotte does. And it's just not something that needs to be in every sitcom. But it's weird that with Frasier and Friends, I've always found they just thought every woman needs to have a baby or become a mother to sort it's of... True. It's true. It's true. And I always think back and think, did Roz need to do that to be independent? Is mm. that what they're trying to prove, like we touched on earlier? She's already got a successful career. She's already got her own apartment. She's happy. Did, did she need it? I think that's a, I think that's a really good question to uh, to to end on almost, and I I would want listeners to get involved and, and answer that because I, to some extent I completely agree. Like she doesn't need Alice to be any more interesting. No. Um, I think we see a, a nice side to her and some good storylines that come out of it. But when I think of future episodes with Roz and like storylines that I enjoy, Alice isn't always in them um, or central to them or like conveniently you know Ros is at work that day so obviously alice isn't around or yeah alice um, is actually in very few episodes I think. yeah exactly we're, we're what 100 episodes or just over 100 episodes in there's another 100 odd to go if you actually look at how many episodes alice is in out of that 100 i reckon it's probably about six or seven percent it's a very yeah. small amount for a yeah, character yeah. you brought in for no real reason completely um so so some some food for thought there about about Ros's motherhood uh, Kennedy Burling, Steve, our man on the ground. Uh, simple question this week. Do we know if he is a father? Um, from the fake profile I made on Facebook for you once, I believe he has got children. As in, <laughs> in real life has, so yes. That is all we father. needed to hear. Kennedy, the, the man with the most, the dad with the most. There we go. Thank you, Steve. No further explanations needed. All that remains is to play Who's Crying It Anyway. The word for you this week, Steve and it's used only once in this episode, is fantastic. Who says fantastic? And I'm just going to get the context up for this. There we go. There we go. Um, And all I'll say is it might not be used in the context that you immediately thought it was used, if that makes any sense. I think you're probably going to go down the wrong path here straight away then. I'll be... uh barking up the wrong tree like bulldog i think it's in the kitchen and it's was saying to fraser she's told the father and he goes fantastic and then carries on with another sentence that is my guess you know what i thought that is the context <laughs> that you'd think it was used in it's actually a far more dramatic scene when fraser is chatting to Roz in her apartment he says 
Yes, but it's also going to change in fantastic ways about her life. I remember the first night I brought Frederick home from the hospital. You put this, you put this tiny thing into a tiny little bed, and you look around and you realise the entire house has changed. So there we go. Um, it was Kelsey all along. Shall we jump over to listen to Mal this week, Steve? Let's go. Excellent. Raz, who's our next caller? So, listen to Mal this week. Um, quite a few of you have got in touch, actually, um, which is really lovely to see because um, it's been a little, a little bit quiet over the last few weeks because of different schedules and all sorts going on. So, really lovely to hear from some of you. Uh, KM Saxon says, just listen to the podcast. Thanks for another great episode. A few comments on your conversation. Best gift, not sentimental, but I love getting massages as gifts. It's a luxury that I enjoy, but feel guilty buying it for myself. Love that because I've never had one and would love someone to buy me one so I could go. And then it doesn't look, you know, odd that I've bought myself a massage. I'll, I'll add that to your Christmas list now. I've got rid of the spray cheese. I've yep. <laughs> one of them <laughs> might have cost significantly less than the other, but, you know, there you go. Uh, names. I'm okay with the pronunciation of my name, but my name is Karen, a variation of the more popular Karen. So, uh, sorry, their name, I think, is Karen. Um, I don't mind if it's spelled wrong because it's obviously different. However, I do get annoyed when people spell it wrong who have known me for a while. That would annoy me as well. Yeah. Meatloaf, it's basically the same recipe as meatballs, but in a different mold. I think that's part of the joke that people could choose between meatloaf and meatballs. There are some people who probably spruce up their meatloaf, but I basically make it the same way as meatballs. That's interesting. I didn't know that. And Seahawks season tickets. There are 16 games in an NFL season, although this year they just added a game. So there are now 17. I mean, you probably knew that, Steve. To me, that seems surprisingly few. No, I mean, I, I, I remember commenting that baseball season's 162 games. I mean, for a season ticket for the, the my beloved Toronto Blue Jays, you're going to get a lot more money, aren't you? You're going to get a lot more for your money. Yeah. Out of bed for. <laughs> <laughs> so in 1997, there are probably eight home games. That's, that's so few. I looked wow. up a story about tickets in 97, and the highest ticket price was $52. So Steve's estimation of $50 a ticket were probably about right. Therefore, it would be about $400. You guys also make a good point, though, that Nas probably would have gotten, wouldn't have gotten one ticket, so it could have been closer to $800 if he did get two. There we go. That's uh, quite a lot of money spent. I suppose the horse was then blowing it out of the budget. I mean, God knows how much Agadies cost, but there we are. Uh, right, next up, James Connery 007. Will I have to mention something I heard before I actually read this? So sorry, James. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a James Bond fan, you might know the answer to this. Do you know why he says shaken, not stirred? I have seen someone talking about this on an advert for a podcast. Um, and I'm not certain whether it's been verified or not because it sounded like rubbish to me, but maybe it's true. What I heard was if you if you shake it, the alcohol and the water don't mix or something. Yep. Um, so that he can drink them and not get drunk, but people think he's drinking alcohol. Yeah, the water stays at the top because the alcohol sinks, but if you stir it, it mixes together, making it stronger, so therefore he'd get drunk. That's just, exactly what I saw. I don't even know where I saw it either. So oh, I think I saw I saw it on like an advert for a podcast or something on Instagram, I think. But I need someone to verify that for me because I've got my skeptic hat on. I don't know. Bartenders, if you're out there, let us know. I think someone will know. <laughs> right. So sorry. James Connery, 007. Hello, Will, Key and Steve and the inimitable Kennedy Burling. Kennedy Burling. I'm finally up to date. Since discovering the podcast a few months ago, I've been listening to you on my commute to and from work and pretty much whenever traveling anywhere on my own. You guys are the perfect company and often have me chuckling out loud on the train. 
I love the format and yet unpolished nature of the podcast. It makes it seem like we're all just having a great natural chat about one of our favorite shows. Finally, I love the tangents you guys go on. It's part of the podcast charm. Don't listen to anyone who tells you to stop <laughs> or direct relevancy. <laughs> that is more that that part that more direct relevancy has been quoted more in this podcast than any Frasier line. It really has. Um, they continue to say, keep up the great work. Can't wait to tune in next time. Thank you very much. A lovely, lovely comment. Brilliant. Thank you, James Connery. Just want to give a shout out, actually, at this point, before I forget, to Lloyd Griffiths, who I know listens. He's a friend of mine. He listens to the podcast. Um, brilliant guy. Even even better musician. Um, the guy is is awesome. Um, he, I'm in a fantasy football league with him and a bunch of friends and family of, of his um, his team is named Kennedy Burling FC, um, which I just absolutely love. I wanted to shout out. He's currently beating me. My team are the Crane Boys FC. Um, I didn't have more time to think of a good pun, which I will do The next Nancy time. Boys. The Nancy Boys. Um, but there we go. Uh, Lizzle Bobby Briscoe says, on the horse names at the stable in Gift Horse, until Steve brought it up, I hadn't tried to make a connection between the other three horses' names besides Agadiz, Trigger, Shooter, and Ward. If I were to hazard a guess, Ward might be a nod to the actor Ward Bond, who is a prolific American actor in particularly Western-themed films from the 1940s until his death in 1960. A good friend of John Wayne and a favourite of director John Ford, he appeared in some iconic films such as The Maltese Falcon, It's a Wonderful Life, and the quiet man trigger was of course the famed horse of roy rogers while i am a 65 year old american after all shooter i can only surmise belongs to cliff claven big shooter there we go i did um, reply a little bobby briscoe trigger i believe is actually also the name of willie nelson's guitar i love that his famed broken guitar that i think when he got raided by the fbi for or someone like that for not paying taxes they actually hid that guitar and really? uh, somehow he then paid back his taxes. He owed God knows how much in taxes. And uh, hopefully I'm going to the right lines of this story. He then released an album and used all the profits to pay off the taxes, which is why he hid the guitar, because without it, he couldn't make the album. So they, they kind of allowed him to keep it by saying they couldn't find this guitar when they raided his home and basically took everything from him to pay his tax bill. So uh, Willie Nelson is very clever. But um, yeah, just wanted to say as well, good connection with obviously the horse of Roy Rogers being Trigger. Obviously, in the show Only Falls and Horses, we have a character yeah. called Trigger, the great yeah. late Roger Lloyd Pack. So brilliant show. Absolutely yeah, brilliant show. Uh, another one from KM Saxon, Will. Uh, I know Halloween is a fan favorite and I do love it, but I may like the kid even better. The dialogue is fantastic, pretty much never a down moment. And the scene at the end with Ros and Fraser is both funny and so touching. So thank you very much for that one. Yeah, very good. And I probably, I do love Halloween. I would, I'd say I prefer Halloween to the kid, but I can definitely see why someone would prefer this episode if you like that kind of, you know, pathos and sentimental stuff. Um, yeah, really good. Next up is Mischief Knight, our boy Corey. He says, American football, at the time, there was a 16-game schedule with an extra week for each team to have a bye. Half of those would be home games. There's also a preseason, which is five weeks and two or three home games. Then if the team made the postseason, you could possibly host one to three home games. So the year this episode was released, 97, the Seahawks had 11 home games. I found a post from a Seahawks fan that paid $100 for one season seat in the nosebleed section. So the 50-yard line down front is only up from there. Pretty pricey for an outdoor stadium in a rainy city. 
Best gift I've ever received. My friends and family have been unbelievably kind to me over the years, so I'm not sure I can narrow it down. So it may be a bit of a cliche, but I should have to say the people who are important parts of my life, that goes for the We're Listening family. Right back at you, Corey. Love you, Corey. We love you so much. Um, that being said, in the same vein as Steve, when I was about eight, my parents also got me a Super Nintendo, a SNES. They even hid it behind the couch away from the tree and tricked me into going there to find it. The extra surprise plus my first gaming system made it makes it my most memorable Christmas gift as well. Solidarity, brother. Love that. Trivia and fun bits for the kid. For the second episode in a row, a rather important plot point is that someone is having ocular trauma. Daphne with the fake lashes. Martin with something in his eye at the cafe. Very good. Roz's age is left vague in this episode. In season 10 in Kissing Cousins, Roz says she's 38. So simple math says she's 33 in this episode. So if Rick is 20, when Roz says seven years younger, then she's pretending just to be 26. There's a lot going on there. You know what? Um, I think season five is the one where ages all just fall apart. I mean, Fraser's been yeah. 42 or 43 for four years. Martin's yeah. had two birthdays in 1997, and Ros can't work out if she's 33, 26, 27, or... Yeah, I mean, I, I did re- reply to that because Corey sent me a message saying I might be impressed, and I'm very impressed, as always, with your... Uh, always. Your skills and other mystery solved there, Sherlock. Uh, <laughs> well done, MK. <laughs> Um, up next is Wendell Fong. Another fine episode in the books, gents. Hard to pick the best gift I've ever received, but in my in, but my in-laws recently knocked it out of the park. I'd been looking for a decent pair of aviator-style sunglasses for a while, but couldn't justify the purchase. Without any suggestions from myself or Mrs. F, they managed to read my mind and sent me a pair of Ray-Bans as a PhD graduation gift. Excellent gifting by excellent people. Well, well done your PhD, and Ray-Bans are definitely Massive a brilliant life. pair of sunglasses. So uh, salute to that one. Uh, I'm striving to be less precious about mispronunciation of names, especially where the spelling can feasibly support the pronunciation. But something like Fraser versus Fraser still irks me. They're two distinct names. If, uh, Sorry, elsewhere, someone recently asked me to write down my surname for them to type into a computer, and they still managed to spell it incorrectly. The kicker being that my surname is only two letters long. Oh, my God. Uh, I've recently started a project to analyse all of the words spoken in Frasier, so I was delighted to hear you pondering the number of times Sherry Niles was uttered throughout the series run. My analysis of transcripts from KACL 780 has returned the following. Great bit of information coming up. Fraser suggests or offers Sherry to Niles at least once per season with a high of four times in season eight and a total of 19 times across the entire run. 20 if we include season 11's Crocktails where, Niles, where Niles makes a suggestion but Fraser gets the bottle. Fraser uses the phrase Sherry Niles on nine occasions. This includes Care for a Sherry Niles in season eight, The Bad Son, and Glass of Sherry Niles in season eight, Hooping Cranes. Purists may therefore want to revise down to seven incidences in standalone Sherry Niles. In addition to one Sherry Niles in the gift horse, Fraser later asks, Brandy Niles? <laughs> By this point, the Brothers Crane have had their fill of sherry, both drink and person. The traditional spelling. <laughs> <laughs> I will insert the usual caveat that we know KACL 780 is not perfect, and I haven't verified my findings. I'll be very happy to be corrected on any of this. More stats in the pipeline as I continue my analysis. Happy to take suggestions for what I should look at. 
I'll hopefully have a nice chart of each character's total words and most frequently used words up soon. Apologies for the long post. Best wishes to all. And off I go. Do you know what? Absolutely brilliant. And if that can be confirmed 100%, I will love it to know how many times Sherry has offered to Niles in that way. Sherry Niles. So That is just a, a Herculean undertaking. And absolutely we love brilliant. the nerdy, forensic, picking apart of stats and info on this show. <laughs> and some of you guys are incredible at it. You know, Wendell, Corey, Steve, you've done your own fair share of this. You know, you guys have really kind of just just keep pushing the bar on, on what we can get out of this show. So that's just an amazing effort there. Love that. Um, Queen Shortcoming says, I was, uh, I was looking up the name Agades to see if there was any background reference that the writers were going for. And when Google suggested Agades horse, I thought I'd found something relevant. Well, I did find something in a previous article, but relevant, I don't know. Um, <laughs> the links here, one of them is further evidence that Fraser Crane is a centaur. Um, <laughs> and there's, there's, uh, there's lines from the show taken from the gift horse that have been like edited to make it seem like he's he's a centaur. And then, and then the next episode, the next article on the chatner.com, the entire series run of Fraser where everything's the same, but Fraser is now very obviously a centaur. Um <laughs> Just um, someone having some real fun with some writing here, but um, just fantastic. So thank you for sending those, Queen Shortcoming. Uh, next up, we have Cam Winston, our boy Hammy. Uh, right, my all-time favourite gift are the two kids given to me. Love them, but for physical things... My fa- Hold on, you're saying your kids aren't physically there, <laughs> They only exist in his mind. <laughs> we know what you mean. My favourite gifts are two actually... A replica print of a vase printed in Fraser's apartment, which proudly hangs on my wall. That was from my beloved Helen. And the second is a personalised tile with the word dad engraved on it and my kids' names over the top. I could name a few more. Guitars, more Fraser gear, the list goes on. Now for The Kid. One, did you know the actor who played Rick, Todd Babcock, was actually 28 years old, playing a 20-year-old, clearly just for the storyline. But if he had played his actual age in the show, perhaps he could have been written into the show as Ross's boyfriend. But then if he had, if that had happened, we may not have had Roger, or for that matter, the awkward episode where Ross's handbag spent the night on the coffee table. Very good. Two, the scene where Frage tells Roz, you don't have to love your kids. You fall in love with them. Gets me every time. Amazing scene. Number three, he points out, I love how this episode shows Frage's caring side and really shows how much he loves, he cares for Roz. Not just the advice, as I said before, but the whole way he makes her feel more comfortable with what's happening in her life. And lastly, he states, we have always mentioned how interesting Frage's African art collection is. Notice the book on top of his TV. I wonder if it has some sort of reference to his buying of said art pieces. The book is aptly named African Art. Mm. Well-played writers. Peace, lads. And as always, up the villa. Hammy, a.k.a. Cam Winston. Cam Winston. A fantastic listener mail there, full of stats, info, facts, and, and general good vibes. So thank you, everyone who got in touch um, with with those thoughts and feelings on the kid and other things. Next week, we will be looking at the 1000th show, um, which I am excited about indeed. So looking forward to reviewing that. Um, as to whether Steve will be recording it with me or Key will be recording it with me, I don't yet know. Um, I think... Key listeners, be, wait and find wait out. And find out. <laughs> I'm thinking, well, by the time listeners hear this, they won't... 
we will have recorded it so um you know you, but you won't know yet um but yeah we, we will find out but the 1000th show big fan of that episode so really looking forward to that other than that i've been will and i've been steve and thank you very much for listening to we're listening Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling, tossed salads and scrambled eggs. Oh, my. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegs. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. 